All right, welcome back. One way ratchet episode nine. Here we go. We're almost there. We started out to do ten. We're at nine. We did eight twice because we lost it. The lost episode, but here we are, episode nine. And we are talking about something that probably a lot of our listeners know about, which is this idea of network effect, but the the relationship between this notion of network effect, which is sort of about user adoption and how that applies to our, our topic du jour, which is of course, Bitcoin. Um, so let's get right into it. And, and, you know, Dan, you, you pointed me to Metcalf's law, which yes. I, it's always good to start with laws and things like Metcalf's law, <laughs> which just sounds really. Well, it sounds official. Now. It you sounds can't, so you can't official. Argue with Metcalf's law. I mean, it's a right. law after all. And we like to obey the law here on One Way Ratchet. <laughs> Metcalf's law. Tell me about it. Well, it's the it is the law of network effects. <laughs> there we go. Well, hey, and thanks for listening. <laughs> uh, thanks for listening, people. <laughs> Metcalf and his law. It was about telecommunications, and it just it just said that the value of the network. Yep is equal to the square of number of users. Okay. Not just linear. So really what it is, it's an exponential function, not a linear function. Right. Right. And when you think about, because I, I, I think he might've been talking about the telephone or yep. telegraph, you yep. know, early telecommunications. Yep. But just, if we just break it down for one second, I think we can explain it all. Yeah. Think about the telephone network, the original one. Right. How valuable was it the first, from there was just one telephone. Right. <laughs> hello is anyone out there hello, oh, hello. <laughs> well how about two by the I mean, way one telephone is the sound of one hand clapping one hand take clapping. it super zen the one one telephone is one hand clapping yeah that's it how fun is that two telephones a little better but who's on well, the other end edison and watson and that's it right it's not how super cool party it's not a party how cool is that not a party what value would you put on that enterprise Right. Even when it was limited. Right. When you were among the very first people, remember the old phones that had the, like the handle and the, the thing. You, I mean, I don't remember yeah. those, but I, I mean, I know but this existed. I'm not that old. Seen. I'm not as old as you. <laughs> fair. Oh, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> but even then, so this is the network effect. When the it was. can with the string. Remember the, the tin string? Can the I, string? Totally. You would vibrate and you, you would hear like, <laughs> oh, oh, really? That's great. All right, but so then when the value, when the network then becomes a critical mass, right? I think crucially crossing the point where it becomes a critical mass, right? Then it goes from something of a novelty to something that you actually sort of need to have, right? Because enough of the other people you may know in the world or you aspire to know or whatever are using it, right? Then it becomes something not just like valuable exponentially valuable well critical critical um, from from a from a, a toy to a thing you might be interested in to like a need to have that's a, that's a great way to put it yeah I, and and i i'm i'm at my age puts me at this place where email was like sort of starting to come about when i was in high school but it was still well i i shouldn't even say starting to come, to come about but like 
I first started emailing in high school, but it was very much a novelty. It was like, oh, I'll send an email. Right. Like this will be cool. Right. And I and I happen to know that the person I was sending it to also had an email. Fast right. forward six years. Well, what if the other person didn't have an email? I mean, again, to like early days of like network effects. Like well, well right. right. But but like the I, value I, of the value of an email network is only it's only valuable if, if the recipient has it. Has it. Right. Right. Because otherwise it's one hand clapping, it's one phone. And so like but but at that point it was like oh does this person have email oh I think they do here's their email address can you imagine that nowadays like the the idea of email is right. is is like the idea of oxygen it it's funny you mentioned that one because that shows you how rapidly things are changing well that's what I'm saying email is now something that our kids will probably not really use right it's already been outdated it's in one generation yeah. Now that technology has just been completely right. overrun. Right. By the way, on the topic of network effects, because that's the topic, any parent of a kid who's in middle school who has resisted a phone yeah, yeah. will will be will be a a a true sort of they will be a, a deep understander of the 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 weight of network effect because they're, they're like the japanese um soldiers in the woods who don't know the war has been over yeah, and they're exactly. still fighting the war yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly they're the last hold on that's right yeah and if you have a kid who's a middle schooler who doesn't have a phone th they are truly out on a shingle because every other kid that they know th has has a phone and can communicate via that phone well yeah and that's network effect that's in a exactly microcosm network because there's a social layer to there's the network social effect layer, which is crucially it, by the way it is the social layer it is the social layer right that's right. the magic right. somebody's like what's the secret sauce of what makes a network effect right it is all of a sudden it went from nobody you knew to then a few people you knew and now all of a sudden it's like multiple people I know are doing this. What? Right. And you know what I mean? And then it's nobody, you know, doesn't do yeah. it eventually. Well, humans from, from our DNA where we have a herd mentality. Yep. And that is, that is another way of saying network effects. Yep. It's herd. I just forwarded something to you in the, in the show notes. Um, this is a graph of multiple technologies over time in products. Ah, technologies. This. And it's things like electricity, telephone, radio, cars. Things you've heard of. Maybe things maybe you've dabbled in over the time. But these are these are things that started at zero mm -hmm. and they went to mass adoption over you know, right over the years. Yeah. And it's interesting because by the way, this is from 2011. So that's a reason why if, if you if you were to see this and look at the very end, you like internet's tapped out at 60%. Well, this is over 10 years ago. So right. unfortunately this is, but this is the best graph that I could find. Yeah. And well, it, it doesn't diminish the point. Though. No, the point is that you see what happens with technologies is you go from zero to maybe five, even 10% very slowly. Right. And then it's your typical S what they call the S curve. Yep. It's slow at the beginning. 
And then once you reach a critical mass, yep. it goes up dramatically fast. But what you also see over this, because it shows technologies from, from 100 years ago through today, is the more recent ones, they hit critical adoption so much faster. Right. But it makes sense, right? In the digital age, things happen faster. In the earlier days, for like, for example, the telephone or the auto, do you know the infrastructure that had to be built out right. to scale that? Right. Versus Rose. today, like, well, by the way, well, I, shouldn't, I shouldn't sit, I mean, I shouldn't diminish the infrastructure of cell phone and internet. Huge infrastructure costs. Massive. Massive. But it's just All those happening things. faster. All those, exactly. And, but it just shows you, it's just, it's one of those things. And here's, I'm going to do my own um, literary reference. I know that I'm sort of stepping in your terrain here on the, oh, on the pod. It's our, you, you're, shared terrain. Shared. You're, you're definitely more well-read than I am, but I, you know, I, I've, I've consumed a few books in, in my you day. You know how to read. <laughs> and from, again, from one of our mutual favorite authors, and this is cliche because he's every American's favorite author, but it's more because of not only the life well-lived, but the economy of mm -hmm. his writing style mm -hmm. in Hemingway. Yeah. I mean, my God. Reminds who, me of last episode. You referenced Hemingway in the last episode, and I was going to draw that comparison, but it was, it was, I couldn't, I couldn't jump an episode on yeah, the yeah. reference. But uh, okay. We had to let it play out. Let it play out. But man, can you say a lot with so few words? Right. I would say McCormack of more recent, may yep. rest in peace. But Hemingway, there's never, no one better than Hemingway. Yes. And the famous line from The Sun Also Rises of Mike Campbell. Mike Campbell. Well, how did he, wait, he either said it or responded. How did he go bankrupt? Do you recall, Trent? Gradually. Well, he said, so, well, so yeah. it's, it's funny yeah. you brought this yeah, up because yeah. I actually, I don't know if we haven't talked about this, but the, I, I listened to the entire audio book of The Sun Also Rises, which I used to teach for years. I've read probably 25 times and I love it. It's my favorite novel. I read it or now listen to it every year. And there's a scene and they're in, at the at the running of the bulls and they're in Pamplona and and this this sort of hanger on uh, to their party says to Mike Campbell, who's engaged to be married to Brett Ashley, this woman says, well, Mike's saying, oh, I'm a bankrupt. I'm a bankrupt. And he's this Scottish, like formerly wealthy guy. And she says, how, how did you go bankrupt? And he says, well, two ways. And she's like, Okay, two ways. What do you mean? He says, well, two ways, gradually, then suddenly. Gradually, then suddenly. Which is one of the great lines of all time. Gradually, then suddenly. And that explains everything. It explains everything. It explains so, everything. ironically, where this line, which has been, a, you know, the Bitcoin nation has now co-opted this phrase. Have they really? I didn't even know that. I'm going to give credit right now. One of my favorite. I'm gonna. I, I like to wear my man crushes on my sleeve. Yep. I added myself last pod with Breedlove. Robert Robert Breedlove. Parker Lewis is yep. another one. Okay. And he has a whole gradually then suddenly series. Really, he's one of the best thought leaders in the entire space. You would love. You should read everything he's ever written. And he's got a book coming out. Named. Not no, it's not. Gradually then. Are you suddenly. serious? Well, he, he's the one that I think. He met either like nothing we, new. We should have song. him as a guest. I would. Oh my God. Dream guest. <laughs> Parker, if you hear this, if you have any of your people, dream guest. 
because he's so thoughtful on this and he's so fucking on the money. But this whole notion of gradually then suddenly, yeah. well, I mean, that's an S curve. That's technology in general. That's so many things. But first of all, people, we're still in the gradually part yeah. of this. Let's just remind ourselves. The early part of gradually. We're in the gradually. Thank God we're alive. The, yeah. the miracle that we happen to be alive and, and being awake and realizing what's happening with this new monetary network for the digital age, mm -hmm. where, the, again, the theme we've touched on a number of times, we're at the dawn of the digital age. Yeah. And with it, this new decentralized money for the world outside of human fuckery mm -hmm. that is being monetized around the world as people come to learn what this is and appreciate what it is. Yep. Okay. And we are in the first fucking inning of it. Right. And yeah. Anyway, anyone we're at the top little, of the inning. At the top of the, we're, we have like maybe like two outs. Let's yeah. just be fair. Let's yeah. say call it two outs. Two top outs. of the inning. And you can own something. You can decide. Or how about this? Not even, I don't even care about that. I know we to say. You could begin to start learning about it. Right. Now. You'll still be ahead of 94. 8% of people. I think 99. I think, I think less than 1%, which again gets back to the gradually. We're in the gradually. Less than 1% of the world has any meaningful amount of their wealth stored in Bitcoin right. currently. Well, and, and, and here's the thing. Like, if you look at every one of these technological curves, adoption curves. Oh, yeah, yeah. To talk about that because I just posted it. The Wouldn't it be nice to be like, you know, year 10 of the microwave. Yeah. And I'm not saying like a microwave brand. And that's actually a really important thing that just struck me is, is, is we're not talking about like invest in a stock. Right. We're talking about buy into a technology that is at the very least twice as good as the microwave. Well, the, what I've heard described is, it's like owning the internet in 98, 99. Yeah. My, I was talking with my brother over Thanksgiving and he said he was telling this great story about ice, like ice, ice, ice baby. No, like ice, like that you put in a drink. And, and as it turns out there, like a big, a big early sort of, um, locus of ice manufacturing and ice production or, or not ice production, but ice marketing was Santa Fe, New Mexico. There were these timber people from Michigan who took over a bunch of timberlands in Santa Fe. Okay. And they were, they were constantly purchasing sawdust. They, they opened an ice house in Santa Fe and they were constantly purchasing sawdust. And they said, well, like rather than purchasing sawdust, let's just like own timber properties in Santa Fe where it's abundant to also support our ice business. Okay. W which is an interesting story on its own. But if you think about it, and, and this is what my brother said, he said, think about the marketing judo. We're using judo now two episodes <laughs> in a row, but it feels like it fits. Think about the marketing judo about ice. Like, it sort of wasn't a thing that anybody thought they needed in their stuff or to keep things fresh. Like it wasn't yeah. a thing. And then someone was like, Oh, that's a thing. Like that ice is a thing. Like put this in your drink, 
preserve your meats, preserve your cheeses, preserve your perishables. So this is almost like beyond microwave, beyond internet. This is like your the your early days of refrigeration, your early days of ice, your early days of of oxygen. Like things that will without question be transformational. And we're not talking about a company. No, no. You we're can- talking about a a, a, a a transformational technology uh yes uh-huh, exactly and and the but the, i think that's so funny about the ice because I, I didn't know anything about that story but it it shows you also human nature yeah i think that's at the heart of it yeah and that it really is once the narrative gets to a point and I'm not going to post it because we talked about it earlier, but you know, there's the very classic technology adoption curve, mm-hmm. right? Where you have the early, it's a bell curve, but you have the early innovators at in the beginning. Yep. And then I forget, I'm forgetting the things, but then there's about 10% in there's a gap. Yeah. And that's called a chasm. Yep. And if the technology is, is going to make it, mm-hmm. you got to get past those early days. Right. And you got to cross the chasm right at the other side of the chasm. Is the majority, yeah, early majority, late majority. Yeah. You've got now the bell curve. Now you're on the upslope of the yeah. S curve, right? right? The, now you're in the sudden, right? You cross the chasm. That's a point of the curve where you jump from gradually to suddenly, right? Right. And I, it doesn't matter that it's necessarily something that may have existed in the world and no one realized they needed, like ice, right? Because there's a social layer, like we said, right? The social Everyone layer. Everyone you know is doing it all of a right. sudden. Everyone's right. like. You know, beer in England was warm. Right. Beer in America is cold. Right. And all of a sudden, somebody realized, like, I don't know, maybe all their friends drink cold beer. And I was yeah. like, yeah. No, hey. Now it's the thing. Cold beer. Um, but here, but let's just really quick, because we don't, th- this episode doesn't need to, we don't, unlike some of the others, we don't need to spend like a ton of time right. on some of these concepts. But the reason why I think the network effects and the technology adoption curves are so relevant to Bitcoin is because money, if you just think about money for a second, all it is, is this shared idea, right? Yeah. It's like you said, it's sort of like, ice. like it, maybe it's a little bit like that when yeah. you look at the ice. Like all of a sudden, if people agree that something has value, that's all that, it, that's all that money is. And it has value. It's a shared understanding that something has value. Yeah. I've heard people talk about this example in prisons. Cigarettes are money. Yeah. Now, outside of prisons, cigarettes are not money. Right. Inside of prisons, cigarettes hold a lot of value. Right. You can buy whole human beings for a <laughs> card of cigarettes in prison. Okay. <laughs> that, that shows you the value. It's awful. <laughs> Let's hope that none of us on this pod ever find ourselves <laughs> on the wrong end of that exchange. But... It's talking about spit rust. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah. Um, but okay, but let's just think. Okay, but you think about the network effects. If you're the first person to think that Bitcoin has value, how much, what value does Bitcoin have when you're Satoshi by yourself? Right. None. Okay. What about when it's early days when there's like just the cypherpunks and it's like no one else knows about it? Right. It had, it actually had no value for the first two years. Right. As the idea spread to more and more people, then it began to have a little value, but like pennies. 
Right. The mod, the price of Bitcoin it is a way, it's a, it's a real world way to track simply the amount of money. I'm sorry, not the money, the amount of people around the world. Yeah. That understand that this thing actually has value. Well, it, it's it unlike investing in a in a company. This is buying into an idea. Yes, it's and an it's idea. a and, it's, and it is a transformational idea. That's right. And and you know, but it's also it, so. And we talked about this earlier. Interestingly, it, it's 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 unlike you know being an early stage investor in a company. It, it's sort of like you're actually helping launch a world changing idea. So like it's, it's more like the internet and electricity than it is like Google. Right. Yes. It's right. A foundational. It's a foundational it, it, it's sort of, or, or like the 12 gauge railroad or whatever was the size that they it's finally a, decided on that could connect everything. It's a standard. You're investing in a in a foundational standard versus a a particular brand uh, within that. Well, it's funny you say that because you know Standard Oil, which at the time was the biggest company yeah. the world had ever seen. Yeah, the genius of that was they standardized the whatever the computation was for oil. There were yeah. a lot of different formulations yeah. back then, and the, just by by making it the standard is the thing where now. The net, you talk about the network effects. Yeah. Now everyone can use it, right? And now the it became the you know not only the biggest company, the, the greatest wealth that the world has ever seen, right? And that okay, so you're you're spot on with Bitcoin, or you know making those analogies. But the the, the thing is, we are at this point of Bitcoin, and I love this comparison. The amount of users right now that use Bitcoin globally. And the amount of actual wealth, I'm not talking about someone who may have $10 because they bought a fucking, you know, monkey JPEG, NFT yeah. or whatever. They also bought $10 of Bitcoin. Like that yeah. doesn't count. Right. The amount of people that sort of understand Bitcoin for what it is yep. and hold a meaningful amount of their own wealth, whatever that is yep. in Bitcoin, because they understand it. Right. Is well under 1%. Right. But by that technology adoption curve that we, that we went through before and the whole chasm, we're, we're, way before the chasm yeah we are so before the jump to mainstream now and this is the thing that you you and i talked about this before and you brought up this concept that i thought was just, just genius and i'd never heard it before it's the economic incentives of being early to this technology right bitcoin versus name your others like cell phone right like you were you had no economic incentive incentive to be the first generation buyer of the iPhone. I think even like Facebook is maybe even a better example because it's like Facebook as a thing has been highly valuable, but like you and me like joining Facebook or not joining Facebook, being an adopter didn't help us. Like that, there was no financial benefit. Oh, sharing cat pictures yeah. on Facebook for us right. early on had no did no value. I mean, to maybe our you got the uh, 
the 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 email over Facebook from the Nigerian prince who needed the <laughs> you know who would give you a billion Did you dollars help, I hope if you, you help the poor guy out yeah. of that country. I know, but but unlike those things, where like oh, I'm an early adopter. I was one of the first people I know to have Facebook or Instagram or a cell phone or an iPhone or whatever. But here you're you're an actual owner of the technology by being an early adopter, by being early to this one to be to be in that pre crossing the chasm. Right. Call it the first 10% of which we're not even at one. Yeah. Okay. Anyone hearing this, you, you will have like early venture capital type returns. Yeah. The kind of returns that actually build generational wealth. Right. By just adopting this technology early. That's right. Right. Unlike everything else we said, like every, we, every car, microwave, electricity, cell phone, internet, everything. You got no economic value from being the first person or early to do any of those things. And that's the critical distinction. It's not like, oh, I'm the guy in 1977 who bought a microwave. Right. I'm the guy oh, in nine. By the way, you're an OG. How rich are you for buying the early microwave? I'm like, oh, this early microwave sucked. Like, I got to buy a new one. But actually, I'm the guy who in 1975, like, invented the microwave. Yeah. You, the, it's, or, 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 or not even that. I mean, no, that's no, a bad analogy right. because, yes. you know, because invention is an interesting one because people who invented all these things work for huge companies that had to, you know, they sort of gave up their, most of them gave up their sort of their rights, their or, rights yeah. to the technology because they work for the company. So it's even better than that. It's this moment of like, we can all be the inventors of this worldwide thing simply by parking a few extra dollars a month into it. And, and we can be the founder. We can be the founders. We can be the inventors. Yes. We're not just the users. We're the users too, but we're the founders. Right. And the, there has never been an economic incentive. So last at the end of the last pod yep. about energy, you know, it's we were we were just highlighting the reality that it's just pure economic incentives at right. this. It's each person around the world doing what's what's best for them once they recognize the right. value in Bitcoin. Right. That's exactly what we're talking about with network effects. Yeah. It's just that. And when you realize that we're on the gradually, not the suddenly yep. part of the slope, well, then all it takes is a little bit of understanding of what Bitcoin is right? to realize where you are, to orient yourself. Because yep. again, a lot of people think we're late. Yeah. With every bubble, people think that we're late. And it just makes me laugh about how early we are. We're and so it, early. And the number of people that you and I talk to, I mean, it, I think anyone listening could understand if they if they had talked to people like sort of we had about right. Bitcoin. We never encounter anyone that knows anything about Bitcoin. I know. And we live in a place and we surround we ourselves know, with people who should know, people should know, know, know a lot more. Right. We're in the epicenter of people who would know more. Right. And nobody knows fuck about right. Bitcoin. Well, we don't know anyone who's doing a Bitcoin podcast, I, for example. <laughs> anyone who would... <laughs> Who would be that, oh, who is drinking the Kool-Aid that degree, right? Well, they have problems, I think. Okay. 
So there's just a couple last things I want to say about Bitcoin's moneyness mm -hmm. is the term I've heard a lot. Moneyness? Moneyness. So okay. the things that make Bitcoin money or mm -hmm. what makes anything money? Well, we're in the store of value phase of Bitcoin where it's just valuable because it holds its value and it grows its value over time. Mm -hmm. So that's great. That's amazing. We're going to, you know, anyone listening to this, that's enough. Like, please, this is like savings technology that's going to be worth more in the future. Yep. But the next level of moneyness that we will get to yep. is when it's a medium of exchange. Right. Where people just use it to transact. We're not even talking about that. We're not even talking about that yet. Right. But if you think about the network effect right. of something that's being used to transact all over the world. Right. We'll talk about the unstoppable, you know, like the growth of that. Right. When people are demanding to be paid in Bitcoin everywhere around the world, right. which will force you to buy some. Like, just right. talk about the adoption right. that will happen when people demand to be paid in Bitcoin. And, you know, we're talking about network effect and we're talking about sort of the social layer to it. I mean, how many in the last 18 months, how many big time, unshakable, unflappable, sort of unimpeachable financial institutions have like double down on Bitcoin. Yeah. I mean, if we're talking about network effects. Yes. I mean, we're about to have the biggest, baddest of them all, BlackRock. Yeah. Come in. And again, exactly. Talk about just go. If you want to go exponential. Yeah. Have BlackRock start selling you. Right. Right. With a financial incentive. By again, their own financial incentive to right. make money by selling this. And, that, and that's the key piece. Would BlackRock get into this game if it were some fly-by-night risky proposition? Right. Exactly. That's all you need to know. They've researched the hell out of it a little more than Dan and I have. Probably. Just a little. And they have their quants on it. His name is Yang. <laughs> he doesn't speak English. <laughs> I do speak English, but oh, yeah. I did win a Chinese yeah, I did win a prize, a math prize. Um, all right. Very last thing I'll say before the song. Yeah. I can't wait to hear it. This is a quick hit. I, I do have a hard stop. But the, um, about just the network effects of technologies and the things that have come faster. The fastest ones have been like internet, cell yeah. phone, social media. Yeah. They all go faster and faster and faster because they're all built on the backs of each other. Right. Well, people, you may not realize this. Bitcoin itself, purely digital, built on the backs of internet, cellular and social yep can scale infinitely to the world for zero cost right talk about the most infinitely scalable technology we've ever seen yeah it's bitcoin because it's built on the backs of the most scalable technologies we've ever seen and it doesn't require you have to build any handheld devices you have to build any infrastructure right the infrastructure is already there right it's just basically more people talking about it right it's an idea how fast can, can this idea spread? That's all that it is. Right. That's it. All right. So I think we'll close on that. I can't wait to hear about the song. Well, so this song comes with some context. We, we talked earlier today about the song and, and, and a big theme of this episode has been this idea of like crossing a chasm, mm -hmm. point of no return. Mm -hmm. You're in too deep. You're, oh, you're sort geez, of you're, you're, you're all the way along. <laughs> 
And and the point of no return mix up with Into Deep would be a great. So, that would be a. So great. this is a song that I'm almost certain you don't know, okay. but it's by an artist that probably everyone you would ever talk to knows. Ooh. And there's a there's a meta commentary here about the artist who talk about staying power, talk about longevity, and that's been a big theme here. Talk about proof of work. Mm. Talk about a person who has has participated for the last 35 years in what he has called the endless tour. Mm. I'm talking about none other than Bob Dylan. Oh, okay. Yes. And Bob Dylan, who just last year put out an album called Rough and Rowdy Ways, which most critics said has been one of his best since 2000. So in the last 20 years, Bob Dylan's best album. And and I bring up proof of work because this guy's been touring for 40 years straight. Okay. Yes. Staying power because he's Bob Dylan. I mean, he's been, he's been a, he's been a fixture in the music world since 1964 or so. And it's 2023. Um, He has a song on rough and rowdy ways called, crossing the rubicon no way he does wow and i was listening to it today it's a very slow old school blues jam and you have to forgive dylan's awful awful vocals he's like grizzled and and, oh i know but the lyrics i mean this is a guy who won the pulitzer prize in literature by the way right no he's or did he no he won the um what's one in what's one in uh Sweden, the Nobel Prize. He won the Nobel Prize in literature. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, first first musician ever to win. Uh, I'm gonna. It's a very long song, but I'm gonna quote you one section of lyrics, Dan. That that I when as I was listening today, I was like, "This is what we're talking about." So it looks like it's the third verse. What are these dark days I see? In this world so badly bent, I cannot redeem the time, the time so idly spent. How much longer can it last? How long can it go on? I embrace my love, put down my hair, and I cross the Rubicon. Mm. I mean, come on. Mm. Right? And now you're going to go listen to that song, and it is so good. It's like a deep, southern blues, slow ballad. I love it. That so checks so many boxes, but I love it. I don't know the song or the record. I didn't know it until today. Dylan. And apropos of, you know, we've been, we've sort of been listening to some mashup Dylan in a way yep. with Cat Power. Yes. The record is great. Well, that's actually, so that's the context is you yeah. turned me on to Cat Power covering Dylan. I started like going down a Dylan rabbit hole. I Googled his album and then I was like, oh my God, there's a song called Crossing the Rubicon. I was like, what are the lyrics? Let's listen to it. And I was like, this is perfect. But that checks all the boxes of, look, this is this is steel sharpening steel right yeah. here on this pod. This is, <laughs> you know, this is now every, with every iteration, the ante has now been raised. That's right. <laughs> and now our game is elevated. <laughs> And that only consumer, by the way, when there's competition, the consumer wins and you That's are right. the consumer. You are the consumer. And you're listeners. just going to get not only better and better music, but it's not just that the actual songs, because sometimes we have to pigeonhole the song in yeah, the episode, yeah. but more like the bands, importantly, yeah, and some of the stories behind yeah. them. And just, I think this is, this is all 
all an example of what this glorious network that just grows. That's right. In every way. That's right. And it just helps society, money, energy, music, friendship, connection, family, connection. Yep. It gives all of that back to you. That's right. The fiat world is robbing it from you. Yep. Because you have to work harder for less all the time. Everyone That's right. knows. Bitcoin gives you these things back. It allows us to sit around and drink wine and tequila and hang with great friends and talk about this stuff. It's a luxury. Absolutely. That Bitcoin affords Amen. us. Amen. And I want to, you know, pay some respect. Put some respect on that name, Bitcoin. <laughs> Love it. All right, amigo. Great to be here. Until in, next in time. Always good. Next time I might be back in the closet. <laughs> That's where we, we're used to you. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. All right. Adios.